to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokodo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you clear. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, no, no. It's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my Okay, so I'm going to share with you something. Uh, so please be comfortable. I'm going to share with you the word of God um, on a subject that I have named the calendar of God. You can write it on your phones as well so that you can take some notes just in case God blesses you with something that you may want to not forget. You'll be writing in your head, young lady. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I'm going to share with you something that I have named the calendar of God. And um, when you study the Bible, one of the things that you're going to be very shocked with is the meticulousness of God, both spiritually and uh, the complexity of God, both spiritually and also um, chronologically in terms of time, but also in the orchestration of the events that define our lives. So when you study the Bible, for example, uh, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter number 1, verse 26, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Uh, the earth was, was without form and void, and darkness hovered over the face of the deep. The word the deep there means the waters. So in case you never knew what the Bible meant when it says the face of the deep, Today you know it means water. That means the world was a messed up mass of water. And it was dark. And then the Holy Spirit was moving over it. And then God said, let there be light. And light was. And God said, let the earth be separated from the land. And so on and so forth. So he began to create very beautiful things. He began to create the trees. He began to create the, you know, the, the, the animals in the, and what have you. And then in verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness. Right? Are we together? So God now, when you read chapter 5, the Bible says, In the day that God created a human being, he created he, him, Male and female created he, them, and called their name Adam. By now, you're supposed to be saying, huh, that's confusing. What did you just say? I just read to you Genesis chapter number 5 from the KJV. Mm, let's just go there. So if you have Genesis chapter number 5 from the KJV, 
the Bible says, this is a book of generations, just chapter 1, verse 1. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him, male and female, created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam. Are you following the confusion there? Now, you listen to me. Just listen. Be calm. Relax. Take it as if it was an English lecture. Please come in, my brother, and then just listen. So the Bible says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. And then the Bible says, in the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. So that suggests that he's talking about a singular individual, right? Mm -hmm. Then it says, male and female created he them. Oh, I think that's talking about two people, right? Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day they were created. That's confusing. So he created he, them, male and female, and called their name Adam. So both of them were called Adam in the day that he created them. But when God created a human being, the first thing that he did was he created them in the realm of the spirit in heaven, in, the, in, in, in his laboratory, okay? In his genetic engineering lab, he created male and female before he brought them on the earth. This is why the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26, that God said, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness, all right? And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, and God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So I thought God created two of them. Where was the other one? Meanwhile, I will tell you what was happening in heaven. What was happening in heaven was not that. Let me tell you something very special that happened in heaven. When God created human beings, okay, because the Bible says he created, created he, them, male and female. He created them and called their name Adam. So we've got the picture of two people there, right? But the place of creation is a place of in the realm of the spirit. And the reason why he created them in heaven is because the Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit. So if God was going to create a human being in his own image and likeness, then it follows logically that the human being he created was a spirit being. We're following but then God wanted to give him an assignment on the earth so that he could touch trees, so that he could, he could tend to the gardens, he could look after the roses. Now, spirit beings do not appreciate physical things. So what God now does in the book of Genesis chapter number 2, verse 6, the Bible now shows us that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That's a different thing. Now, what I was telling you earlier was when, according to Genesis chapter number 5, the Bible tells us that he created he, them, male and female and called their name Adam, Adam, right? But then when we see what is happening in Genesis chapter number 2 verse 6, we see one person coming out because God created one man, Adam. Now, when God was in heaven before he formed man in Genesis chapter number 2 verse 6, something very special happened. I believe what happened was God took Adam, male, and Adam, female, and put them together. And the person that was formed was Adam, male. And then he brought Adam, male, and put him in the dust of the earth. Because the Bible says, and God breathed into him the breath of life, right? So the angels are wondering what is happening. Because how come when God was created, creating 
mankind the bible says created he them male and female right and called their name adam we're talking about two people but what is god doing because god is taking adam and adam and putting him in adam and then we are seeing only a male adam because even when he's formed in genesis chapter number two verse six we see a male adam coming out right that's very interesting so the angels are confused they're wondering what is happening here what is god doing where is the other adam and then God gives him capacity to name the animals. The Bible says he asked him to name them. And as he named them, so did they become. At this point, you're probably wondering, does it mean that the other Adam was inside also trying to come out with his head? Like, what was going on? Someone say, we are following. And so what God decides to do at some point, he says, it's not good for a man to be alone. Therefore, I'll make him a help meet for him, Right? And so what God does is that um, uh, now the angels are, say, are, are saying, okay, now we are going to see what is going to happen. So what God does now is that uh, he takes Adam into his, you know, into his genetic engineering laboratory and he lays him on the table. And the Bible says that he gave him anesthesia. That is to mean, the Bible basically says he put him in a deep sleep. The Bible says deep sleep so that we can all understand. But obviously, if you're going to take someone to theater, you've got to, you know, give them a very serious uh, anesthesia. And um, the Bible shows us that God began to do an operation. He opened his sight, and then he took out a rib. The Bible doesn't say he took out Eve or he took out another Adam. The Bible says he took out a rib. And the Bible says, and then he closed the flesh. That shows you that God is in support of surgery because what he did right there was surgery. Now, let me tell you, in case you don't know this, in case you don't know this, um, the, in case you don't know this, please come in, my sister. In case you don't know this, the, um, the rib is one of the only human bones that grows back when it is removed. So when it is removed properly, surgically, it can grow back. Did you know that? So it can grow back. That also just tells you that God is pretty smart because it was not the bone. It was not, I mean, the one that is found here. It's not the one that is found here. He specifically went for this one. And years later, they will tell you that when you remove the bone, the, a rib, it can grow back. I also just told you that to let you know that it means that your man is not looking for a lost rib because it grew back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, um, um, why it particularly had to be a bone as well is because you will agree with me that in, in, in bones are bone marrows. Okay? And what happens there is that there's a, there's a lot of blood activity creation that goes on and all that kind of stuff. But besides that, what re I really want to bring to your attention is this, that when you study, please come in. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. No, 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 you see it. These are old members. Oh, maybe the other one. Ah, even this Kawan is old. So when you, when you study science, you discover that... Um, When you, when you study science, 
you discover that a man has got two chromosomes, X and Y, right? And uh, the woman only has X. How many agree with me? I'm not a scientist. I'm just using my little knowledge from grade 12. Okay? That's to mean, without wasting much time, that the man is the one who's responsible for determining the sex of a child that a couple is going to have. Because it depends on what he donates. If his donation is X, then the woman will just bring XX. That means they will have a girl. But if he donates Y, and the woman donates still X, uh, XX, it means they are going to have a boy. Right? So... This is exactly what happened when God decided when God decided to All right. So, what was happening in heaven that the angels did not understand is because you see, in God's wisdom, in God's multifaceted wisdoms, there are so many things that he has done. There are so many creations that he has made. Can you imagine God created Lucifer out of light and jewels and beauty and wisdom? Then he put them together and formed a person who can talk, but this is an eternal being. Then there's, there are other classes of beings called elders. They have been with God for a long time. They just surround him. They are called elders. That's a whole civilization of existence, and they are 24 then there are other civilizations of existence called the living creatures. Some of them have got eyes everywhere, and all of those have existed with God. Then there are angels of different classes. That, so God has created different enterprises in his being God in the many ages that he has existed. But this time God decides to make something very special out of material that the angels have not known. So he decides to create an entity of existence called a mankind. And what he does is that he takes out of himself, which is very special, because all these, some of them were made of light, others were made of diamonds, but other their angels were made out of fire. But for this special being, what God decides is he reached into himself and took part of himself and he formed mankind. So you... We are not made of light. You are not made of fire. You were made out of God. God took a part of himself. So whoever you are, you are an expression of God. You are not an expression of light. You are not an expression of energy. There are some angels that are made of energy. So you can find one angel, for example, the Bible says, killed 175,000 people in a day. Didn't even struggle. Just one day. Not 175 people. That's a lot. 175,000 people. There are angels who can move this planet with a hand, with a shout. One time, Isaiah was in the presence of God. And he says, when an angel cried out, saying, holy, holy, the, the posts shook. That's a person talking. Okay? So, them, some of them are made of energy. Some of them are made of sound. Some are so beautiful because they are made of rainbows. Okay, I'm, tell, I'm teaching you mysteries you are not ready for. But for you, what makes you greater than all of these was because God reached into himself to make you. He reached, the Bible says the breath of life is what he used to make you. That makes you very special. 
Because whilst you may not be as strong as that angel, while you may not be as beautiful outside as that angel who just shows up and they show light, you, you were made out of the very essence that makes God, God. But what he did is he took material that they never imagined. He went to earth and took dust and hid himself there. And he called that creature, you, mankind. Are you following me? So let's go back to the genetics. So God takes, you know, Adam and Adam, and he puts them together. And we see a male Adam, and then he puts him in a male Adam body. So now you understand, if God had put, had put Adam and Adam, and a female Adam came up, it means that Adam would have been made of XXX. That means the procedure to remove the Y chromosomes and make a man was not going to be possible because the female who would have been created would have lacked the Y chromosome. Should I be slow? You guys should understand that because you guys should understand that because you, you study this kind of stuff. This is my, I'm using my grade 12 genetics. So remember what we are saying is a, fem, a man has got X and Y, right? Chromosomes. The female has got XX. So what I'm saying in English is if God created the woman first, then he wouldn't have had the chromosome to make man because a woman is XX. So let's imagine if Adam was the first who was made and he's got XX, where was he going to take the Y chromosomes to make man? So what he did was he created man first because man also has got X chromosomes and Y. So that when he now wanted to create the woman human being, he just had to take of the XX of the XY chromosomes of the man and make a woman, human being. See that? So when God took Adam and Adam and he put them together, the female Adam was in the male Adam. That's why a human being. So this is why we say a woman came from a man, but a man comes from a woman. Do you understand that? A woman came from a man, but a man comes from a woman. Just think about it. It's going to make sense. It does, right? We come from women. They give birth to us. But they came once from us. We were able to produce a woman because we've got the capacity within ourselves. You see that? Okay, does that make sense? Yes. Which is not even what I really wanted to talk to you about. What I really wanted to tell you is the meticulousness and exactitude of God. That in creating the man-human first, he did not error. He did not only consider his spiritual capacity, he looked at the biological procedures and the error that would have been there if it was the woman who was, creating, was created first. So God is one of the most brilliant genetic engineers you will ever know. Hallelujah. And surgeons you will ever know. Matter of fact, the Bible says he closed the flesh when he, put, he, he finished the, the procedure to take out the genes from the man. The Bible says he closed the flesh. The Bible doesn't say he sutured. says he closed. That means when he woke up, he didn't need post-medical procedure care for him to heal. No. The moment he... It's like nothing happened. The bone had grown back. <laughs> it was like nothing happened. What I'm trying to tell you is, imagine how long it takes for human beings to heal after surgery. Depending on the nature of the surgery, sometimes it can take months. Sometimes it can take weeks. 
That's mean, that means we have some thousands of years to reach that technology of God which he used to close the human flesh and immediately he woke up, he was healed. Now that's 7,000 years ago. So that means if, if, if after 7,000 years old we still cut people and suture them and it takes long to heal, that tells you we are 7,000 years behind the technology of God. Now, until the day that we discover a way to close up people's fleshes after, after surgeries, and people wake up and they're fine and it's like nothing happened, that's how long we'll be behind the technology of God. So if, let's say, if two years from now, it happens that we've not yet found that technology that closes people's flesh without suturing them, it means we're about 7,000 and two years behind. But if it will be 1,000 years before we can discover that procedure or that technology or software that helps us to close people's flesh without suturing them, that's how long we are behind the technology of God. So even when it comes to medicine, what I'm telling you is God is so meticulous. I want to tell you that you're dealing with a very wise God. Because look at it, for example, also. The Bible says he knows the very hairs. He knows the, 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 the Bible says the, the, the hairs on your head are, count, are numbered. The Bible doesn't say they are counted. It says they are numbered. That's to mean that every hair on your head has got a serial number. So when you go to a barber, big man, and you just cut hair like you don't care, each of that hair that is falling off your head in the realm of the spirit is accounted for. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, you can't remember how someone should turn from here to there and come here. <laughs> uh, and you see, this is a mystery of passing an exam. Generally knowing that, you know, we are there's going to be chemistry or physics or anatomy is coming. It's not good enough. You need to know in detail which organ is probably coming. What processes in physiology maybe are we going to be looking at? You need to know in detail. That is what is going to make you stand out. And that's what God does. What makes God stand out is his capacity for detail. The Bible also says, Teach us to number our days. Because the psalmist, in Psalm 90, because the psalmist realized that every day has got a barcode. Every day that you live. The Bible says that there is no, there's no sparrow that falls to the ground without God knowing. That means there are databases in God's dimensions of technological information that account for every bird that dies, for every animal that dies. So every time an animal dies, the books of heaven are, are the databases of heaven are updated. There is a notification that rises up to say, okay, from the this billion number of you know birds that existed, one has dropped, or a bush has been bent. So and this number of birds or this kind of species is now endangered. There's nothing that passes the eye of God. I'm telling you all this to tell you that you, you serve. He's not a very general God. You know, there are people who just say, ah, Fiala is over. I think not starter. So as I go, I think I have a good idea of what is coming. <laughs> but what is the detail? Are you, able, are you able to label that bone? from beginning to end without missing a spelling and knowing which vein passes where. The Bible says, God, when God formed you, he knew all the veins that pass over your heart. And then he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's prophesying, you see, he looks at how God made him, then he says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, 
when God was creating you, he created you fearfully and wonderfully. That means even God himself knew that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, when God created you, even he was the one who feared because no one was there when he was creating you <laughs> because he knows the, the quality. Do you, know, do you know the amount of information that the brain can hold? The amount of information that the brain, if we were to measure the amount of information of the gigabytes that the brain has, it's not possible for us to have a small brain like this and keep, oh, there are some things you know you don't even know that you know. But if I tell you that you know that, you say, oh, yes, I know. Yet you live and you are alive. There's no, there's no random access memory that has yet been created in the computers to be able to manage the information that you have and you manage it so meticulously. Only God, who's so great, can do that. Now, let me show you something. Because I said all this to tell you some of the things I'm about to tell you. The reason why I'm telling you this is to tell you that you serve a very meticulous God who knows your end from the beginning. And the wisdom which necessitated your creation also has within it the purpose for your life. You are not meant just to move anyhow, to become anything, to marry anything in your trousers with a buzz voice. No! <laughs> There's a wisdom that provided for your existence. That wisdom is old. It's been there for a long time. It has created some beings you don't even know about. Imagine that the being called God who created the elders, who've been there for a long time, who are found in the presence of God, and they say, holy, holy, and they worship in him. It's the same essence in God that created you. For years it has been existent. So you must know God. So that you can live according to his will and purpose. Now, I'm not telling you these things so that I tell you what's impossible. I want to tell you what's very possible. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Is this okay? Am I telling you things that are strange? Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 10. From, I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. <clears throat> the Bible reads, <coughs> And Levi Monawasa, they do not give water. <coughs> it's a joke. <coughs> See, you laughed. The Bible says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Okay? Recreated in Christ Jesus. That means you were. If something is recreated, that means it was created first, right? But if you are recreated, it means something was wrong. Something went wrong somewhere. And you know what went wrong, right? Then he decides to recreate you, but he recreated you in an environment called Christ. Number one, that tells you that that's where you belong. Because whatever creates a human being or whatever, whatever wisdom or material is accountable for a, the creation of a product is also responsi responsible for the sustainability of that creation. Did that make sense? So whatever creates you sustains you, in short. For example, if the wisdom that accounts for the creation of a computer is IT. It means the sustainability of that computer will depend on IT. You see that? 
the wisdom that created in that that necessitated the creation of you is twofold. Number one, God. Number two, the soil. To be sustained, you need to be eating dust. This is why the plants you enjoy were made of dust. The cows you enjoy were made of dust. The papers you write on were made of dust. Huh? Even the water comes from the soil. So you can't live beyond what sustains you, if you're, what created you. Your sustainability is a function of what accounts for your creation. Someone said, oh, I ate, yeah, me, I ate beef. It's, it's made of the soil. How you know is when it dies, it becomes soil. There's nothing that you ever do that will, will detach you from the soil. That's why even when you die, you become soil. Because the <laughs> whatever, whatever creates something sustains it. So in the flesh, if you have to be sustained, that's why you have to eat a balanced diet. What you're basically saying is eat different types of soils. Because <laughs> protein is soil. Huh? Vegetables, soil. Hmm? What else have I forgotten which is not so? Vitamins, soil. Huh? Everything, soil. Now, that's one. Two, God. And that Christ is like an environment. If you take out a fish from the water, it will look like it, has, it is okay for a few seconds. But it's not long before it falls. The wisdom that created or that necessitated the creation of Adam was that he must be in the presence of God. Once, like a fish, he came out of the water of the presence of God. He looked like he was doing fine. For 935 years, he died. Just like the fish, it may look like, yeah, it's jumping. But within a short speck of time, because it is connected from its source of creation, it dies. In the same way you may look like you're alive, once you disconnect yourself from the wisdom that necessitated for your creation, you are really dead. Mm. So, if you were recreated in Christ Jesus, it means the wisdom, the sustainability, the direction that accounts or that sustains your existence must be found in Christ. Apart from Christ, if you begin getting the definition of your philosophy, your principles for life, your success, your rest from the world, from what you'll just merely your lecturers tell you or what you hear on social media, you are dying because you don't belong that side. The wisdom that necessitated your creation said you were recreated in Christ and whatever creates a human being also creates his mode of sustainability. Don't forget Yungu Batavan. Huh? So if the wisdom from where you were created says you just you can't marry a fellow man because in Christ you can't marry a fellow man and that's where you belong, then you start saying, oh, it's up to them. You are breaching the very fabric of life that comes from where you were created and it won't be long you begin suffering havoc. You are saying that? You are not made of air. If you start saying, I'll be eating air, how long are you going to last? <laughs> huh? 
Can you eat air? Are you surviving? Now, he says, he says in verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Other versions say his masterpiece. That means we are the best of his creation. Recreated in Christ Jesus that we may do the good works, that we may do the good works which God predestined for us. Listen to this. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live in. Hallelujah. You were meant to live a good life. He says the good life. When I discovered this, I decided I will not have any less. Huh? He said he, God himself prearranged a good life for us to live. In Christ, so I discovered, number one, if I want to have a good life, it doesn't matter. Someone is having a good life outside, outside Christ. Or what looks like a good life. How do you know they stole that money? How do you know? How do, how do, they, do you know it was sexually transmitted, Max? It has to be. Don't just end the success. It is, if it can't be traced in Christ, it's not your type of success. It's not your type of success. Because the wisdom... That necessitates your creation also regulates your sustainability. What sustains you comes from what created you. That's why Acts 17, 28, he says, in him, in God, we live, we move, and have our being. Are you listening to me? Guys, freedom figure. So the moment you walk outside Christ, you are like a fish that is saying, I can survive, I'm going in air. You look like you're surviving for some time, but before you know it, to my depression. Before you know it, a pregnancy. Before you know it, a to my bad dreams. Before you know it, a sickness you can't explain. Before you know it, you are out. See that? You are like Adam who walks out of the presence of God. And outside the presence of God, he's outside the wisdom that necessitated his creation. That's why he's struggling. That's why he's, he has to sweat in order to in order to, 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 to till the ground. That's why he has to experience pain. That's why he has to experience pain to give birth. Many women, when they're giving birth for the first time, it's not easy. Either they have to go to C-section or a very strange episiotomy has to be done on them. And then the baby tears them. Then they have to undergo sutures. And then they have to go and heal. And they'll be sitting in cold water. And sometimes you find that the stitches have been cut. And then there's an infection. Then they have to go and reclaim them. Then they have to sit down again. Then they say, I'll never have a child again. Then because the Bible says, <laughs> your desire shall be for your husband, you shall have another one again and go through the same process. You know What happened? Because he came out of the presence of God. So where he is, even the things that are supposed to obey him easily. The Bible says, for your sake, the ground shall yield thorns. That means, have you ever wondered how beautiful a rose flower is? Yet it has thorns. That was not supposed to be the case. But because a human being sinned, he can't just touch a rose. He has to be careful because it will prick him. Because he's outside the presence of God. So when you are outside the presence of God, for the first time, Adam was trying to till the ground. And he noticed something was dripping from his brow. And he noticed he's sweating. When you are outside the presence of God, you will never to succeed. 
But the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And at the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You don't know rest. You think because you cleared an exam, you are at rest. You are joking. You don't know rest. You think because the girl said yes, then you are at rest. You are joking. You don't know rest. You think because you got on BC, then your friends were on BC, they are at rest. You are joking. You think because you've got wealth, then you are joking. There's no rest without the presence of God. That's why, you know, St. Thomas said, until we find rest in him, there is no rest. So, he said, in that environment, Christ, God, Christ, everything was given to us to live a good life. Don't envy other people who are listening to all kinds of strange music outside Christ and they look to be cool. They are not cool. They are cold. You think that's cool? They are cold. Some of that music they listen to has been sacrificed to idols so that when it, it carries the presence of an idol and the power of an idol, when they listen to it, it will make them behave a certain way. I'm telling, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting things. I'm telling you things I've experienced. There was a little girl. Her name was Joy. She was 16 when she came for prayer. We thought we were just saying, oh, Joy, we bless you, go well. She manifested a demon. And she began to confess. You know, because she began doing all these seductive dances and what have you. And she began to confess that when I listen to a Beyonce song, I don't know what happens, but I can sleep with any man. Even a person the size of your grandfather. That is a kid who is 16 years old. Then you're saying, oh, it's just music. There is no hints out. <laughs> sometimes it's not just the word of the prophet. It's the prophet of the word. Let me explain this. It's, sometimes it's not just the fact that, oh, the song does not have been sung. Look at the person who's singing it. Do you know that some, at some point in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Satan quoted the Bible. If Satan comes to you and starts telling you the Bible, you should listen. You should, hey. You should run away. Even if he's quoting the Bible, as long as it's Satan, you should run away. This is why some people, even if they tell you, oh, I did a collab with this person, just say, oh, we thank God. Listen to the other songs. Are you listening to me? So, now, he says, I'm concluding, he mentioned something very important here because I'm, take, I'm talking to you about a very meticulous God in the way he creates things and the way he plans things. Can you imagine the Bible says here in verse 10 uh, that, that he says that we must do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand taking the paths which he prepared ahead of time. Do you know that even the very paths that you should take from here to your dormitory there are things that God planned for your whole life. I'm talking about every day because remember I told you, according to Psalm 90 verse 12, the psalmist looks in the realm of the spirit and he says, teach us to number our days. He didn't say count. He said number. That is to mean every day has got a purpose. Every day has got a blessing. Every day has got a direction. That means the day today you had today, although you just moved everywhere you wanted to move <laughs> and did whatever you wanted to do, you can find God had a plan of who you are supposed to meet where you're supposed to go, when you are supposed to pray, what you're supposed to do, the success you're supposed to succeed. Now, I'm not saying you didn't do all those things. What I'm saying is I'm showing you the kind of God you serve. Because imagine.
imagine the Bible says taking the very path that you might you plan them beforehand, but in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. I'm teaching you now what I'm calling the calendar of God. In the calendar of God, there the life of a person is planned according to the purpose which he is given in Christ. Hmm. Okay, let me explain this. There are certain things that God is going to begin doing in your life that are in the calendar of God. But have you heard how some of the things I'm talking to you are very strange? This is how come some people also fulfilling their purpose for life is difficult because you have to walk in the dimension of a very strange God with a very strange calendar. Let me give an example. You can, you can think you traveled everywhere you came from to come here to be a doctor. Meanwhile, God is saying rubbish. You came so that you meet Pastor Daniel. Imagine, imagine that I moved from Kasama so that I can come here and be a lawyer. That was in my mind. God said, rubbish, I'm, I'm bringing you to be a pastor so that you can be an impact to many young people. The, sometimes what is in your calendar may not be what is in the calendar of God. And the things you may be valuing the most may be in, 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 in God's divine essence. That is not what matters the most. Hallelujah. What are some of those things which matter to God the most? You find them in Christ. And this is in Christ, what I'm teaching you. When you are on campus, you need to know what is the most important thing that God wants you to do and what are the minor things. Now, let me explain something to you. Every gift, promotion, or access that God gives you is designed to help you achieve the most important thing, which is to serve God. If you are, let's say, in school here, so that you can, you can get your degree, you can pass your exam, you can make the chines, or the doctor you've always wanted to make, you are saving your own needs, and you are a God of your own. So what? What's the difference between you and a Muslim? What's the difference between you and an atheist? Huh? <laughs> Imagine one person in the Bible said, I've worked so hard, let me now eat and enjoy what I've worked for. Then God said, You fool, tonight you will die. Who will claim your property? It's an issue of what is the most important thing with all these blessings God is giving you. From Chimenalubaf, where you come from, God brought you here to Lusaka so that you can become a doctor. And so that you can do what? Save lives. Are you God? <laughs> eh? You, you can save lives with your greed to rest. Have you seen doctors here? How rude they are. They are so rude. Not everyone. I was so shocked. My wife was here. She was delivering my son. They were just treating her like, uh, you know, the, you know, you call everyone patient. So sometimes when you call people patient, you stop seeing humans. You start seeing patients. So you stop relating to them as people with feelings and a life. Just took my wife. You put the baby out. Put the baby. <laughs> you, that's someone's wife. <laughs> Anyways, that was not even the worst part. 
they started pushing her. Hey, you, you have to come with me now. You, someone starts from delivering. And my wife had to crawl. Her. No one was helping her. And when I wanted to go in, they said, hey, hey, sir, you have to go outside. I wanted to say, let far. Then God said, hey, I died for her as well. I said, Are you sure she was not outside those who died for her? You think, so, why do you want to be a doctor? I want to save lives. Ah. They just stress you for one week. Just a small stress. For, you are now just putting everybody in the same container. You need to know. I knew when I came here, I didn't know. I wanted to be a lawyer. That's what I wanted. But God began to lead me that there are greater... Don't major in the minors and minor in the majors. Because one of the greatest... You becoming a doctor, God wants to use it. Maybe to inspire people to say, someone can be a doctor and still serve God. Someone can be a nurse and still be kind. You know what is the difference? You a nurse and a nurse. <laughs> it's a joke anyway. When you come, okay, how have you been feeling? They record. When did it start? They check the temperature. Okay, let me just check. They close. They, they check your temperature. They do this. They interview you. Okay, fine. Then my nurse, my lover, come And finish for the garipa. What are you doing? We are not going to be invested in the police. If we want some money, we are going to land. Just to be a police. If you are tampered, okay. I don't care if your mom tells you that you are a doctor, but I am just going to check you. Eva, Nasia. For all of you, you may say, "You mean I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nurse, but..." Because a human being can get tired. They can, they can error. Hey, are you listening to me? So you must know what is the major, what is the major calling of God in your life? And what is the minor calling? And sometimes God will be in God's calendar. I remember there was one time, God just wanted to bless me. And I reached somewhere. I don't know why, but I just said, let me, let me buy something for my wife. And as I'm there, a man comes. And he says, hey, you, you are a boy. Let me go in front of you. Just two days ago. Yeah. I'm looking at the man and I'm like, but you know, yeah, he was older than me. I say, okay, yes, sir. I move back. I'm sure the waiters look at, looked at me and they were like, ha, ah, this man. So I was just standing there. And afterwards he said, I like the way you treated me. He paid for everything. I was buying everything he paid. Oh. I said, no, sir. He said, no, 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 no. He, he bought everything. I didn't care. I was a satanist or not. I just said, <laughs> <laughs> just said, I even went at home, impressed my wife with things I never bought. God just wanted to lessen. Another time, I just felt like, you know, something, some things happened. So you begin experiencing certain things when you are in the calendar of God in Christ. Certain things begin happening to you. Nothing ever happens to you by accident. Nothing ever happens to you by, to you by error. You know, I'm going somewhere and some, some, for some reason, my car is being fixed. And for that day, I decide, no, I'll get on a bus. So I get on a bus, and I'm seated at the station. I just feel like I should wait. Then I see an old friend who says, I've been wanting to meet you. That's about three weeks ago. 
I've been wanting to meet you about this problem and this problem. I tell her, come to church. She comes to church, deliverance. Now she's a member. She comes to church. So even the very feelings that you begin having. I remember there was one time I was just tired. I wasn't driving. I was at Ziali. I was just tired of walking. I used to walk long distances just to go to school. And you know, what I used to do is I would pray. So I'd be walking, then I'll just be praying. I would just be praying. And put on the headset so that people don't think I'm mad. <laughs> so I'll put on the headset so that they think I is a rapper. You know, just wear like a t-shirt, take like a jean, sneakers, they'll say, ah, you know? <laughs> so I'll just be praying, praying, praying like that. <clears throat> and so I sit there. I, I, start, I sit, I mean, I'm looking for a seat, there's no seat. So there's a seat there with a bag on. And then I hear God say, sit there. I'm like, but look, God said, sit. I sit there. And when I sit there, the, a woman comes, a, a lady comes and says, so you didn't see my bag? I'm like, you see, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see my bag? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just here for a minute. No, I don't want you here. But I'm like, okay, I'll move. She looks at me. I don't know if I was smelling, but she, <laughs> she just sits there. She just stands there looking at me, you know. Okay, I won't say what I wanted to say. So she... <laughs> So immediately, Mochifukushi just sat next to me. So she gets a paper and she starts writing. She's scribbling. She's trying to understand. So I look at her. I said, do you know that question? She said, no. So I start explaining to her, okay, this is what you do. This is what you do. Okay. Then when she notices, I'm, like, I'm a bit smart. She begins listening. Okay. So immediately the lecturer walks in. She, you know, she softens up to me. So when the lecturer is done, it's late. And we have to go back home. So she's like, oh, oh, can you finish explaining the question? I'm like, hmm. So she, you know, anyways, I, I, I explain, I explain, explain. And when we're done, I said, I have to go. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Woodlands. No, I'm tired of her now. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm also going to Woodlands. Are you driving? I said, ah, I'm not driving. I have to get on the bus. She said, okay, no, where exactly? I will drop you there. Hmm. Guys, the car she was driving. <laughs> You think this is a car? <laughs> Can't she? She is rich. She, she gets out of it. I don't mean I'm not into cars. Me. She gets out. She gets a remote. Do it, do it, do it. Everybody looks. I've been walking. Yeah, she's my friend, guys. We enter, just entering the car itself. I feel the power. <laughs> Anyways, all I'm saying is a big, nice, amazing car. And she drove me up to my house. And she was driving me every day she was present to my house. Then I remembered, oh, I made that prayer that I'm tired of walking. So in very unusual ways, God directed me. It was in the calendar of God that I sit at a place. And in as much as, as I wanted to move out, God said, city. Because <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Are you saying that? So in the calendar of God, despite what Joseph went through, everything that God, Joseph went through in the calendar of God was to make him a prime minister. What I'm telling you is you need to know that sometimes when you're in the calendar of God, some of the things, especially spiritual things, that you may even be coming here even upset. You've been wondering, they forced me to come here. But you come. You, know, you didn't even like it. Meanwhile, it was God's most important item on today's agenda. I told you that days are not counted, they are numbered. So you can find in God's calendar, 
what was on the most important part of the agenda of the day was for you to attend this meeting. Meanwhile, in your very deep head, mm -hmm. what you were thinking was attend class, <laughs> then go and study. And all those things are important. But do you know what was the most important things? In God's calendar, he says, you were recreated in Christ Jesus to do those good works according to God. You can study so many Things that will not even come in the exam. Hey, hypothalamus. <laughs> you study. You break your back. You even feel like a hero. <laughs> and you study one scripture at night. That's what mattered the most. Let me close by telling you this. Eh? One time. You, oh, your meetings end at up to seven, right? Yes. Okay. One time, I'll be concluding. I hope you're learning something. Yes. One time, one time, why are you mwintling? Because <laughs> I'm saying I'm concluding. No. One time, I was, uh, I was asleep. I shared this with some of you in church. I was waiting for someone to come pick me up to go to church. They were taking long. I wasn't driving, so they would come and pick me up. So when I lay down on my bed, I would sleep on the floor. When I lay down on my mattress, a single mattress, when I lay down on it, I saw someone walk in. Now I'm in the bedroom. That means there are walls. But I saw someone walk in from the kitchen door. I was seeing them. It's like the walls vanished. And I saw the person walking from the kitchen door, and they, they were walking slowly with a big book. Now, when that happened, I became paralyzed. I could see, but I couldn't move. They came with that book. That was the book of my life. They gave me that book. When I took it, that man said nothing. Now, I don't know if it was a man or a being. And when he gave me that book, he said, without saying anything, he said, show me some of the most important things you've done in your life. Now, guys, I was already a pastor. Hmm? In, that's 20, 2017. Okay? Have you ever had a book, let's say Zomda Zomda, and you're trying to look for that one, you saw it somewhere, that ca 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 page. <laughs> then as you are flipping, you are seeing things that are similar. <laughs> but there's that, ca there's that ca sentence that you are looking for. You have like a feeling about it, but you don't know the details of it. So you flip, you flip, you flip. Now, he was saying, I have to go. And I flipped, I flipped. And everything I was looking at, I wasn't impressed. That was the book of my life. I flipped chapters, chapters, chapters. I'll tell you things of my chapters. Guys, I've been to school, law school. Huh? Hmm. I passed, graduated. Ziali. Minister, people done things. I've done amazing things. And my parents, as I'm telling you, they are proud of me. Meanwhile, what mattered to God the most? <laughs> and then I woke up. I felt like in a very big book of about 1,000 pages, maybe only 30, 30 pages were sensible. Revelations 20 and 21, the Bible teaches this. He says he saw books open. Huh? And people's deeds were written there. People's deeds were written there. You, you think everything you do is just... <laughs> Things are written. There's a song we used to sing back when I was Catholic. 
Aba fwaba li shuka yeye. Konseko vaya yeta kwa vanechimo. Chakuba shupa. Ala iye. Takwa vanechimo. Chakuba shupa. That's what we used to sing. My goodness. We didn't sing the whole truth. First, you have to die in Christ for you to shuka. Otherwise, we can sing and we are just lying because we are in pain because you've died. Meanwhile, some people who know the truth are just... <laughs> Number two, the Bible says, blessed are the dead in Christ for they are at rest and didn't end there. It says, and their works follow them. Meaning if you're to my works, I shall tease. They're all following you. There's just one guy here, so chances are I have guessed his name wrong. But you need to do something for God. And when you do it, do it with humility. If we say there's a meeting, treat it with much more respect than you treat a class. Because in God's calendar, that's what, in your head and your parents' head, what matters is class. That's good. Finish, pass. But in God's mind, what matters is the fact that you've attended this class. And everything you are doing in class is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. Now, you are making means to an end, ends in themselves. And then ends, you're making the means to an end. Let me explain. You're saying, me coming to this fellowship is just part of my life as a student. That's why many of you say, oh, hope is my church for at school. Then when you go back home, you go back in the debt and the rubbish of just sinning and not going to church. Meanwhile, you just come here to, because, you know, because everyone comes here, so you have to be here with everybody. You like Pastor Daniel. He's deep. <laughs> This is a matter of life. When God brings you here, he's thinking about your life. This is why when you come here, you must think, Lord, the place where you brought me, when I go back to the copper belt, I feel like, you know, I need to be in Lusaka so that I can be in church. Are there ways you can bless me so that I can stay there because of church? Huh? That's what Deaconess Musole did. Deaconess Musole used to come from Solwezi. But she said, I need to be in Osaka. And she used to pray, Lord, give me a job so that I can be in Osaka, so that I can serve. When she was sent to the copper belt, she still wanted to be in Osaka. So what she said was, please pray for me, I want to get a job in Osaka. And what she would do, she would make donuts. Msole would make donuts and sell them. And sometimes I would be touched. She would make like a 120, then send me 12 quarts of tithe. And sometimes she would take, send everything. Ah, the prayers I used to make. Because <laughs> her heart touched me. And for some strange reason, they left everyone in Lusaka, Atlas Mara, headquarters. Called. She didn't have the best grades at Zika's. She was not the smartest. <laughs> I'm not exposing her. <laughs> but they called her, and she works for headquarters here because she wanted to serve. Meanwhile, she came here at Zika's for school, but she found God and beyond all the school. Paul said, I was a Pharisee. He was a lawyer. He was educated. Do you know what he said? He said, all this was as good as dung 
animal droppings. Huh? It says, for the excellence of the knowledge of God. When I was in first year, there was a class, it was called Development Studies. People used to feel it. You know, Unza LT1, it used to be packed. Even one time I went, maybe let's say 10 minutes earlier, it was still packed. That means over 300 people will be there. One time I went very early. I still found it was packed. From that day, I got offended at school. Because I saw some brethren who are always late for church. But for that trash, let me call it that. Oh, where do you think learning anatomy and physiology will take you? It will save you eternal life. <laughs> you when you are in pain. <laughs> When your physiological procedures have been tempered by a spirit, you think what you learned for seven years is going to take you out? Ah, you are a clown. <laughs> so there's knowledge that you get and it's good. But there's knowledge that surpasses all kinds of knowledge. And now you must know that. Now. Because you'll just be thinking, and all that ignorance, you are, you are now spraying everywhere, preaching falsehood. You are wiser than Jesus, the Bible says, used to scream when praying. Then you, oh, deep you. And when you grow up, let me tell you this, when you grow up, what I'm saying is we must overfast for you to be saved. Because when people grow, it becomes difficult for them to adapt to new things. That's why we still have on the ballot paper you need. There are people who still believe in Kaunda today. <laughs> it's hard to change. You've seen the phone your grandmother has. A very simple one. If you give her a, a, an iPhone, a, a, an iPhone 12 Pro Max, nangufe seven fie. It's because you, are, you don't want to learn new things when you grow. So if you don't learn to walk with Christ now, if you do not value the knowledge of the word of God beyond what you learn in these classes that are being taught even by unsaved people, when you grow up, it will be hard for you to change. So when, when that happened, and I noticed, guys, that people value this. Some brethren wouldn't go that early. I saw some sisters. They wouldn't go that early to church. They wouldn't go that early to church, Tando. They wouldn't. I, I became very jealous. When you love God, you become jealous for him. The spirit of jealous begins to consume you. How come you, you can memorize all the bones and the parts of the human? You can't memorize a simple scripture. Ngolesta For God so loved the world. Amen. Some of you have stopped mastering memory verses because they are for children. You, you are an adult of God. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. You are a sit-down comedian and you must change. 
Hallelujah. If you are being beaten by this message, it's a sign that you are in the right place. If God always tells you, it's that God you listen. <laughs> There's a problem. But the Bible says, He chastens those He loves, He disciplines them. So if you are feeling boom, 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 it means you are in this, where you are, is the presence of God. Yeah. But if God always tells you, no, I understand you can sin, I understand you have got a winkiness. <laughs> That weakness will send you into hell. Lord, I thought you understood. God will tell you it was in your head. Because sometimes the, the God in people's heads is different from the one in the Bible. What do you mean God understands? You ask God, God is in shock. No, I don't understand. The Lord will help us. Hallelujah. Anyways, I decided from that day but I will never give education enough attention as I give godly things. I was in first year when I decided that. And when I looked down on education, on education, that's when that course I had an A. That course, DS, I had an A. I went into law school. At Unza here, where there's competition, where you can be 400 of you, you want to get into law school, they pick 50. I was picked. <laughs> When God was telling me to start the House of the Faith Church, I was at Ziali. I don't know if you've heard about Ziali, but just know it, it's hard. <laughs> That's when I started the church. I passed. I'm practicing law. I have, ne- as I'm telling you now, I left work. I left work and came straight here. Huh? You, when you become a doctor now, you can't sweep in church. When you become a nurse, you are tired. You need to list. <laughs> Someone tell your neighbor, Chef Yen. Who do you think you are? Ah? You. Education, the degree you got. That rubbish is what has given you six shoulders. <laughs> Look up. Tell yourself, Chef Yen. I want you to do it. Come on. Don't worry. The reason I'm harsh with you, you are my young sisters and brothers, okay? So, look up. Say it. Put your name. Now, say it. (laughs) So, call yourself now. It just hit me. You wait. Humble yourself before God, the Bible says, and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. I looked down at education. I said, there will be no way I'll be... Sometimes I look, you know, when you go to court, huh? You, if you are 10 minutes before you appear before a judge, you are late. That's just the practice. So you have to be there, especially if you are junior counsel. You have to be there even 15 minutes and you just sit there waiting. And sometimes even, even if you're 10 minutes late, they can throw out your case. Sometimes I see people, I see people arguing big cases. I see them obeying that and accept God. They are not on the calendar of God. They are in their own calendar, fulfilling it successfully. But I pray for you today. 
that you will fully be in the calendar of God. That you will not fail in following the calendar of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We are going to start praying right now. And in your prayer, you are going to start asking God, Lord, may I follow your calendar. The things that matter the most to you, may they begin mattering the most to me. The mistakes that I have made, I thank you because I will never make again. I have now received your word and I have received the wisdom that makes for me following your divine calendar for my life. Begin to pray.